Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This show is brought to you by the Australian Loyalty Association, the leading organization for loyalty networking and education in Asia-Pacific. Their International Virtual Loyalty Conference will take place on the 25th of August 2022. Register now to hear global experts discuss current trends in loyalty marketing. There will be fantastic networking opportunities, questions and answers, gamification and great prizes to be won. Visit AustralianLoyaltyAssociation.com to find out more. Hello and welcome to today's episode, a show which is all about the relaunch of the loyalty program and proposition from the Shangri-La Group, headquartered in Hong Kong. This premium hotel group is known all over the world as a pioneer of Asian hospitality. And they recently announced some major enhancements to their loyalty program, which many of you will have known in the past as the Golden Circle program. Joining me today to discuss the reasons and rationale for this comprehensive relaunch, as well as some of the innovative solutions that members can now enjoy, is Kevin Sue, Vice President and Head of Shangri-La Circle. So, Kevin, first of all, joining me from Shangri-La in Hong Kong. Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paula. Thank you very much. It's a wonder to meet you. I have to say, certainly before uh, COVID, Hong Kong was my favorite city in the world, Kevin. So it's a great, great place that you're living. Yeah. yeah. So you're just going to wait a little bit before you can visit again. <laughs> it's going to take time. I get it. I get it. Absolutely. So you're joining us today as head of Shangri-La Circle program, Kevin. And I know there's been some extraordinary announcements already in terms of the evolution of the program and lots of new exciting developments coming out. So we're going to be super excited to talk everything about the journey you've been on with your loyalty program. And even, I guess, talk about the brand maybe a little bit as well, Kevin, because we have a huge audience around the world who might know Shangri-La um, as well as you and I do. But before we get into all of that, let's talk first of all, Kevin, about maybe a favorite loyalty program that you'd like to share with us today. Sure, sure. Um, I think for me, what uh, what I am currently uh I actually am members of quite a few loyalty programs, not just the hotel loyalty programs, you know, yeah. um, F&B loyalty programs. But actually the one that I would say is my favorite so far is, has got to be uh, my credit card. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a Citibank uh, MasterCard, a Prestige MasterCard, and I've been using it for over the Oh, 15 years now. Um, wow. It's actually quite rare to be using the same card, but yeah. uh, it has, you know, good perks, um, you know, instant rebates and points. Uh, it has a, 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 a international concierge that helps, you know, set up your mm. travel mm. and um, gives you access to golf courses that you otherwise uh, wouldn't be able to access unless you were a member. So, mm. I mean, that, that was, uh, that's, I wouldn't say that is out of the ordinary, but what really 
got me um, hooked <laughs> was because yeah. uh, I actually won a all expenses pay holiday to New York City one time. Oh my goodness! On on the credit card. <laughs> oh my goodness! So it was um, you know it was one of those dream holidays wow. that you wouldn't yeah. spend uh, your own money on, but Mastercard you know kind of pulled out all the stops. Uh, truly a priceless experience. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, well done, Mastercard. We have to acknowledge that. <laughs> So that actually taught me something important, right? I mean, um, if you can do something really out of the ordinary for your, for your customers, you know, you can really get their loyalty for life. <laughs> totally. Oh, you'll never leave, Kevin. I can tell. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I suppose in an ideal world, Kevin, we'd be giving all of our members and all of our customers the all expenses paid trip to New York. So I guess that's the challenge is to, uh, to deliver a portfolio of benefits that we can afford and commit to on a consistent basis. So I'm sure you've been facing exactly those challenges now as you go through this. Are you calling it a rebrand or a relaunch of Golden Circle to the new program, Kevin? Uh, definitely a relaunch. I mean, the branding is just, um, I would say hygiene. I mean, it's something that we, we've been wanting to do for some time, you know, okay. because it's just yeah. more straightforward. Right, because we are, we're known as a Shangala, Shangala Group. Um, Golden Circle has been around, uh, wow, more than 15 years. Um, yeah. the, the version of uh, the Lodi program in its current form, mm. uh, 10 years. So people know Golden Circle, but it's, you know, it's Golden Circle by Shangala, and it just makes sense to you know, rebrand uh, it to Shangala Circle. Yeah. But uh, more so than just uh, changing the name, the logo, and, and you know, the brand assets, mm. I think we really wanted to shift um, the perception of it being more than just a hotel lodge program. I think that's a big uh, push towards helping consumers to identify with the group through this platform, mm-hmm. meaning that all their interactions, right, whether they're at the hotel, whether they're at our F&B outlets, whether they're shopping events online, they're interacting with the brand through Shangla Circle. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think that is, that is a big mindset um, shift uh, with our consumers that we're, that we're pushing with this uh, relaunch. Mm. So it's the biggest change, I would say, uh, for the group, for the program uh, in the last uh, 10 years. Um, definitely, yeah. right? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And I, of course, did a bit of homework as well, Kevin. I went back to look at all of the, you know, just the press releases and publicity about the group. And again, for anyone who doesn't know, Shangri-La is very much a beautiful premium five star uh, positioning as a hotel brand. And 50 years in operation, beginning in Singapore, and I think in every major market now, I think 104 hotels, if I'm right, Kevin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And I really do associate that, you know, gorgeous concept of Asian hospitality. So I think Shangri-La has captured that and kept it as well, because I was just looking at the the simplification, let's say, of the group name as well, from Shangri-La Hotels and Resorts back to the simpler form of Shangri-La. So I love this trend of keeping the best of Asia, but making it more accessible globally, I guess, as well. Absolutely. I think um, not just for Shangri-La Circle, but as a group, uh, we, we really had um, the opportunity to really uh, reflect on what really sets us apart from the competition, right? I mean, we're not the biggest chain, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our footprint is definitely more concentrated in Asia, but I think ultimately what we're really known for and what we continue to build on is our Asian hospitality brand, right? And I think that's how we want to take the next 50 years. I mean, we just celebrated 50 years. Um, yeah. 
yeah. last year and, and going forward for the next 50 years. I think that's really how we, we see the brand as well. Yeah, yeah. And we're obviously, you know, um, coming towards the end, let's say, please God, of the global pandemic. I know Hong Kong and China are still going through their own, you know, versions of coping. And again, I think your financial report described it as, you know, two different approaches, I suppose, two tiers and two different worlds in terms of a zero tolerance policy. So I think it's still quite difficult for you guys and want to acknowledge the incredible work your colleagues are doing. It's actually extraordinary. What, 44,000 people working for the group, isn't it? Thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah, I was looking at some of the numbers in your in your annual report. So uh, putting you on the spot now, expecting you to know everything off the top <laughs> of your head, Kevin. <laughs> um, but no, I suppose the reason I was bringing it up, Kevin, was just to maybe get a sense of, I suppose, first of all, the scale of the program in terms of your membership numbers. As you've said, you're not the biggest hotel brand in the world. Um, but I would love to just get a, a sense of the scale of the membership of, let's just continue with the new name, I guess, Shangri-La Circle. So I'd love if you could share that with the audience. Sure. So we uh, have over 11 million members in the program. Uh, cool. Yeah. Of of which uh, around 25% uh, uh, would say uh, pretty active members. So okay. in comparison with um, the industry that's, I would say on par, not slightly better, but of okay. course something we're working on, on definitely uh, improving. Constantly, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's an ongoing challenge and clearly hotels are super competitive sector for loyalty. Um, I always think hotels, in, sorry, I always think airlines invented it and hotels caught up very quickly and really just uh, took everything to a whole new level. So this current uh, relaunch then that we're literally starting to see coming through, I've seen it already on your website, for example, with the new brand name. And I know there's lots of communications coming out. So it's literally hot off the presses. So right. let's, yeah, I'd love to just understand. So, you know, the, the previous Golden Circle program focused obviously on the classic rewards, I'd probably call them. So room nights, um, even some charity donations, for example. And I think you have instant redemption also in your restaurant and bars already. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I love that. Yeah, love that. Cool. OK, so what, what's the shift? What's the relaunch and what are you changing? Sure. So Golden Circle was really set up for road warriors, right? If you think about it, you know, it was a, a traditional hotel loyalty program, earn and burn, mm. you know, it rewards you for um, the number of nights or stays you have with the, with the brand. And mm. uh, you could really uh, pretty much benefit if you were a corporate traveler, you, you travel, yeah. Yeah. you know, 30, 40 nights a year with us, mm. you know, you get uh, status upgrades, you know, you would get uh, benefits and so on. So that was great. And, and actually really, that was really where the, the, the business was, that's where the opportunity was. And that's why the program was set up in that way to serve that yeah. Yeah. customer. Mm. Um, but then we also realized that we have another huge opportunity, right? I think in Asia, um, especially, uh, we see that in the coming years, leisure travel is going to outpace business travel. I mean, this was even before uh, COVID, but I think COVID kind of accelerated that trend. Okay. Um, and as a group, we we want to pivot towards having uh, service, not just our core, uh, we call them the current core of uh, business of corporate travelers, mm. but we have a huge opportunity in leisure travel as well, right? Families, especially, mm. right? The occasional leisure traveler who comes you know, once a year, twice a year, mm. right? I mean, 
what what do they see or what do they want to see in a loyalty program or what do they want to see in a program that really understands and benefits them as well. Yeah. Right? So I think uh, the entire shift from Golden Circle to Chandler Circle was really having this in mind, right? How to um, be more leisure customer focused, more family okay. customer focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can see the way we design it in terms of the program economics, uh, the way we've simplified the earning proposition, you know, all the changes that we've made, right? Removing mm. blackout dates, right? Really was with a lot of these leisure customers uh, in mind mm. uh, without obviously alienating our current core. Of, uh, of course, you know, yeah. 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 So, so for example, I've seen the lovely family product, Kevin, from a hotel perspective. So I think you've got things like family floors. And again, for every, anyone traveling with the, with children, that's obviously a lovely concept. And I'm sure the room experience is very different. But just talk us through, because I haven't seen the new program as yet in terms of, you know, how, um, how can a leisure customer start to enjoy the benefits of your loyalty program? Because I think that the, the usual criticism, which I'm guessing is driving all of your changes, is if I only come maybe once a year or twice a year with my family, then there's not enough in it for you or for us in order to earn something. So, so how are you addressing that, Kevin? So, so that's a good uh, that's a good question, right? And actually, fundament at the most fundamental level, right? We we're removing, for example, in terms of uh, status upgrades, the whole idea where you need to come X number of times to a hotel in order to be, for example, a Jade or Diamond uh, member. Okay. We're removing we're removing that uh, as the only requirement. We're adding basically uh, a spend requirement. Basically, ah, if yes. if you spend with us, right? We we don't. We don't mind you spend on stay. You can spend on FMB. You can spend on our e-commerce platform. You can buy mooncakes from us, right? Um, and you can still qualify, right? So even if you don't even yeah. travel, even if you stay in your home city, you know, we welcome you to come to our hotels and we we are yeah. in all the gateway cities, uh, okay. particularly in um, and And uh, you can qualify just based on that, right? Wow. Uh, so that, and yes. in terms of uh, redemption options, right? I mean, we've mm. also made it a lot more flexible to redeem your point. So another criticism that uh, leisure customers are saying, you know, I, I may not necessarily, you know, accumulate enough uh, points in order to yeah. even hide and so on. So we're saying, okay, you know, we have, you know, cash and point options, which are going to be implemented um, across all our hotels. It's currently in China only. Um, great, great. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do it on uh, merchandise as well. Right. So you can redeem it on our Shangala boutique. Right. Um, for F&B products, for example. And we've also added a lot more redemption options for uh, infrequent, infrequent travelers as well. So these include like Amazon vouchers, Apple products, um, more alliances and partnerships with, with, with airlines, right, to, to swap out wow. your miles. So, yeah. so we're making the value proposition a lot more attractive for mm-hmm. infrequent mm-hmm. customers, yeah. both on the earning proposition as well as the earning proposition. Wonderful. Yeah. And I want to comment on both sides, actually, Kevin, because you've reminded me I was due to go to a particular hotel. Now, it wasn't a Shangri-La, forgive me. It was in the Seychelles. I don't think you've got a property in the Seychelles. But when I was booking to go, um, I distinctly remember I was due to stay early December two years ago. So again, kind of COVID times and, you know, there wasn't um, there wasn't a lot of travel, obviously, going on. 
But when I um, was confirming the hotel, they told me, I'm sorry, the whole hotel has been booked out with a family who arrived in July and they're taking exclusive use of our property for the foreseeable future. <laughs> so wow. I'm just thinking, I'm sure you wish you had that customer as every hotel would. But um, I think it just proves the importance of spend <laughs> rather than frequency, because that was literally a family. And I think it was from the Middle East region. But literally, they took uh, they took over a whole hotel in the Seychelles for six months. It was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just a logical approach, right? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of uh, leisure customers, you know, they may come once, but they stay a whole week. Um, yeah, and yeah. If they, and they're more willing to, you know, because it's their annual family vacation. They totally. upgrade to the family suites or yeah, they book yeah. multiple suites, connecting rooms, right? Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're super they're, valuable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and there's no reason why we shouldn't be recognizing and, you know, rewarding them, encouraging them to come back more often. Yeah. Um, so huge Great. opportunity. It really is. It really is. And you mentioned already, obviously, COVID did accelerate all of your transformation with this relaunch. Was this thinking already um, underway, would you say, Kevin? Or was it something that you literally said, you know, now that we have some thinking time, I suppose, was it triggered by COVID, would you say? Uh, no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't no. say that. I think the the, okay. the plans, um, the direction towards you know what we call uh, focusing on customer lifetime value was definitely in place. I would say twenty eighteen. Right? Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. And I think COVID just kind of accelerated that that thinking. Right. Basically, gotcha. uh, a lot of projects were were put on hold. Expansion was obviously a lot more uh, yeah. difficult. Right. In in new markets, and and so. As a group, we really had to take a step back to say, okay, then mm. how can we maximize the relationship we have with our existing customers? You know, people yeah. who already are familiar with the brand, people who yeah. might have come once, but how can we get them to come back more often? How can we build a, a more sticky relationship with them? So yeah. if you think about, you know, the average customer, if you're not a road warrior, you you might stay at a Shangri-La, stay at a hotel, maybe mm. once, twice. Both. But if you think of it as, for example, every, if you have good, um, content right if you have good content you have good uh, mm. reason for them to follow you on social open your app to you know check out what's what's trending then okay. maybe they'll check up they'll check uh, they'll they'll basically interact with you maybe once every two weeks and yeah. then if you think about you know fmb products and uh, e-commerce right maybe they'll interact with you once a month right yeah Over, yeah then you think about special occasions you know and you have good fmb they might come you know interact with you once a quarter right yeah so there's actually a lot of opportunity, you know, in the entire mm -hmm. customer journey, right, to build mm -hmm. up the relationship, to build a much more sticky relationship with them on, yeah. a, on a, you know, bi-weekly basis, monthly basis, quarterly basis, and then builds up to that, you know, big annual stay with us, right, once or twice a year, right? It could yeah. be a weekend, uh, couples get away, and then maybe the family trip, you know, at the year end. So then you have mm -hmm. six, seven points of interaction with the customer throughout the year, rather yeah. than just so. The whole idea of Shangri-La Circle really is with that concept in mind, right? Just okay. bringing everything, yeah, one platform. Uh, you know, social media, e-commerce, right? Um, and yeah. not just the program. So yeah. that that is that is the direction that we're headed. Okay, okay. And when you say e-commerce, Kevin, is that the bookings directly with the the properties, or is it for the redemption side that you were talking about for the program? 
uh, sorry, yeah, when I meant for e-commerce, actually it's both. I mean, e-direct for sure. I think we're pushing e-direct in a big way. That's why all the platforms will be, you know, rebranded as Shangla Circle. Yeah. Uh, when you go to shangla.com, you'll see a refreshed website. You go to our app, it will be yeah. not a Shangla Hotels and Resorts app, but a Shangla Circle app. Uh, mm-hmm. Similarly, we chat a mini program. So, so e-direct is definitely a big push, but um, we also are pushing uh, our products and experiences right, uh, for you to take a piece of that home with you. So this includes like the F&B products I mentioned, mm. you know, our festive goodies, our seasonal goodies, right, things that you would not necessarily have to go to the hotel to physically um, mm. experience, things yeah. that you can actually, you know, bring to your home as well. So if you go to, say, a married site, you know, you they sell mostly bed sheets, beddings, you know, scents and things like that. Uh, but Fortunately, Shangri-La, we, we are known for our F&B and we have a much stronger yeah. um, F&B options, right? Proposition, we, yeah. Proposition, exactly. Yeah. So that, that's what we're pushing as well. Yeah. I think I saw some Michelin stars mentioned as well, I think, for your hotel in Paris. Am I right? That's right. That's right. We just, uh, our, our Chinese restaurant there just uh, received their recognition. I think five years in a row or something i forget I th- what it was but <laughs> it was actually 10 years in a row i just remember so again oh, yeah. okay. yes yeah extraordinary because again i mean who doesn't want to go and stay in the shangri-la in paris my goodness and then a michelin star restaurant for 10 years in a row is unbelievable and i love the focus kevin on content um is that uh, and actually sorry also wanted to compliment you because the dubai hotel i was just looking at your website here in my home city and there was just a lot of um talk about being an Instagrammable property. And that is exactly what people want when they come to Dubai. <laughs> it's amazing, you know? Yes, yes. It, it has a beautiful view of the, the Burj. <laughs> Burj Khalifa. Yes, Khalifa. absolutely. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So is that a strategy then, the content piece? I guess it's, you know, all about inspiring people to travel. Is it within the, the Shangri-La circle? Absolutely, absolutely. So we are investing heavily in building up our own original content team, right? That means cool. less reliant on, you know, UGC and third-party content, right? But to to really put out, you know, really good, solid, original content that, you know, that really adds value to our followers and our members alike, right? Yeah, so yeah. The idea is that you can create a community from uh, people who, may or may not have stayed with you yet, but at least this is a mindshare play, right? We start with the mindshare. So it's really a funnel. Yeah, we start yeah. with the mindshare, you know, and then eventually move to timeshare and wallet share. So just down the funnel. Um, mm. But for for start, just really investing in that. Um, love in that. The- yeah. So connecting by the sounds of it, then people who literally have a love of travel, again, leisure focused by the sounds of it and allowing them to have a community together so that they, I suppose, inspire each other to travel as much as your own content team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's wow. particularly focused on, I think, Asian travel. Right? Yeah. So focusing, yeah. um, focusing on Asian travel destinations and yeah places where we may have uh, more properties like for example in shanghai we have six properties four hotels and you know some some other non-hotel properties as well in mm-hmm. beijing with four hotels mm-hmm. so you know we have some critical mass in in some key asian cities and then we do have insider access uh and knowledge of some of these uh, locations where uh, yeah. our members and our community can benefit from 
Yes, exactly. And I saw one of your lovely brands as well, um, the Gen Brands of Hotel, talking about co-working as well in places like the Maldives. So I was like, again, wow, <laughs> it's another winning combination. <laughs> yeah. So yes, yes. So I, I actually run the Gen Brand as well. Um, ah. And and we we are positioning that obviously as a, it's not a luxury product. It is an upscale product for you know a slightly younger demographic. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you have to right. I think it's it's meant to be a lot more uh, culturally and practically relevant to a younger audience. So co-working, mm. our gyms, you know, having you know a lot more uh, content, a lot more classes, a lot more interactions, uh, and the F&B offering obviously being different as well. Okay, and you mentioned classes, Kevin. What's that? Uh, oh, you mean gym classes and, and wellness? Class. Is it? Okay. Wellness, right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, very important. Wonderful. And uh, and I also love the idea of WeChat, Kevin. Is that part of your relaunch, or do you already have that WeChat proposition uh, for a while? Or I'd love to just learn a bit about that side. Yeah, so we we already have uh, a pretty active uh, WeChat. Uh, official account. Most of our China Chinese hotels, well, all our Chinese hotels have their own WeChat accounts. Yeah. We have a WeChat, we have a WeChat mini program uh, that um, allows for bookings, uh, sale of uh, product vouchers uh, on on the WeChat mini program. So it's it's been a pretty active strategy for the last I would say three years. But okay. with the relaunch of Shangri-La Circle, we we're taking it to the next level. Right, basically mm. not brand. Uh, to Shangri-La Circle, but really pushing the growth and the features and functionality of the WeChat Mini program, right? Yeah. So to make sure that we use it as a tool for acquisition, um, yeah. because we know okay. that the Chinese consumers are yeah. very, yeah, uh, very word of mouth and exactly. Com- yes, you. yes, yeah. they trust yeah. each other a lot more than they trust anyone outside. <laughs> That's right, and yeah. social commerce is is a big uh, is a big. Um, focus, I, I would say, for our China marketing team, right, in yeah. terms of acquisition and engagement, right? So yeah. definitely invest a lot in that platform. In the yeah. And for anyone who hasn't studied it and maybe listening today, Kevin, my own understanding of WeChat, it's it's almost like all of the social media platforms that we might use in Western markets, but all in one place in China. So you never have to leave one app to go to another one for a different you know, part of your life or something else you need. Everything is in WeChat. It's quite extraordinary how it's been built. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. if you don't, I mean, I, I, I use, uh, which I, well, before COVID, I used to travel to China quite a bit. And honestly, it's, it's pretty impossible to get around if you don't use WeChat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so payments, orderings, you know, taking, taking cabs, just everything, right? Yeah. Um, it's an incredible. essential part of life. Absolutely. Yeah. I saw even, you know, that most people don't even carry cash anymore in China. It's very much a case of WeChat is the payment mechanic for absolutely everywhere. And that included, for example, I saw somebody make a d- donation to somebody begging on the street and using at least a QR code, maybe not WeChat, but uh, just the level of digital sophistication means it just blows my mind. So I uh, love to hear about your work in China. So very exciting times all around, Kevin. Um, is there anything else in terms of the relaunch that I haven't asked you about that you think is uh, relevant and exciting for our for our audience listening? Um, I think one one thing that I've learned from this whole process, and I've been um, running uh, this uh, Shangri-La Circle for just over a year now. Um, we we started really from. Uh, like a, a blank sheet of paper, essentially. Okay. 
Yeah. And I realized the biggest lesson I learned to make this a success is really uh, it had to be win win win, right? Triple three wins, not win win, but win win win. Because we really had three um, stake, three important stakeholders in this process. One was the hotels. Yeah. Right. They needed to see uh, the true benefit of the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, bringing repeat customers to them, right? I think a lot of times um, programs are top-down initiatives from the corporate headquarters and a lot of hotels can pay lip service to supporting it, but, you know, they, they don't see the value in it. And yeah, uh, often happens. Yeah. doesn't take, right? The second group is obviously our members, right? Our customers, right? They really need to find value, right? So like yeah. I said, you know, uh, we're providing a lot of value for corporate customers, but not a lot of value for leisure customers, right? So okay. how to make that successful. And mm. then thirdly, of course, the third stakeholder was the program itself, right? Uh, just making sure that it was sustainable because a lot of yeah. times you have to make trade-offs around uh, financial viability. Is it a marketing cost? Is it like a cost center for, for the group? Or is it meant to generate revenue, right? Mm. Um, so a lot of times, I think programs... Uh, don't take off or they, they they don't succeed really because they don't create a win-win-win environment for all yes. three stakeholders. I love it. I love it. It's a great mindset actually, Kevin. And I remember when I worked in partnerships in the start of my loyalty career, it was exactly the same. You know, there's no point me being delighted, um, you know, and even the consumer if the partner themselves aren't happy. So if any one of those is not seeing it, it just doesn't work long term and you might set something up and then it just doesn't, you know, follow through in terms of the proposition. So I think that's a really good uh, mindset for anybody in loyalty marketing to have uh, as a way to to the ultimate success. So sounds like you're well on your way. What other plans have you got for launch week then, Kevin? Just given that, um, you know, it's literally happening now in the next, uh, I guess, week or so. <laughs> so actually launch week is, it's, uh, it's just a start, right? So we're, yeah. we're not putting all the activities all on the 20th of April, which is when we go live. Okay. Uh, we're actually using this as a start to uh, obviously firstly communicate to our members uh, that all these changes are actually going live. Yeah. Um, these are the things that you can look out for. Yeah. Uh, but really, this is a start, right? And we have uh, it planned in broadly three phases. The first phase being in April, right, which is mostly around member communications. Yes. Uh, and then moving on to June is where, May and June is where we start doing a lot of summer offers, member-specific offers, member stays, members' rates, right, mm. just to to get this uh, this hype and this uh, enthusiasm around, you know, uh, why, why it's attractive to be a member. Yeah. And then... The third phase is really pushing out to around uh, August or September, right? Mm. So this is around more in terms of branding and mindshare. So this okay. is where we're, we're letting people know that, you know, um, it's not just a rewards program. It's not just a loyalty program. There's a lot more to offer around it, right? Around the, the brand, the content, around yeah. uh, celebrity endorsements, around lifestyle lifestyle offerings, right? So this is it's a larger, you know, yeah. uh, brand, branding conversation, you know, for second half of the year. So that's okay. that's about the yes. launch. Wow. Well, I feel like we'll have to uh, plan another follow-up conversation maybe next year, Kevin, <laughs> when you've got a year under your belt because I think it's an extraordinary, I suppose, career opportunity for you. And I loved, by the way, just in passing your background in terms of having a full military career before you <laughs> moved into the business world. So do you think that's helped with your with your focus, I guess, in terms of delivering on this? 
Definitely. I think the the first six years of my career in the military definitely helped to, yeah. Uh, it just helped me to to execute. I guess that it was really what I needed in this time. <laughs> there was Wonderful. a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Uh, and so I really appreciated that the early early in life experience. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I can imagine the training must have been extraordinary. So listen, Kevin, um, I just want to say it's been a really fascinating conversation. Very excited for the launch of Shangri-La Circle. So just want to say, Kevin Sue, Vice President and Head of Shangri-La Circle. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paula. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 245 executives in 27 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.